Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to the Outdoor Drive Podcast here at the 2020 Connecticut Fishing and Outdoor Show at Mohegan Sun. We are here in the, I don't we call this the media room? What, what do we call this? The room of solitude. <laughs> this, it's terrible. Yeah, I'm not really there's sure. There's no windows, there's no cameras, and we're at a casino. That's not I don't know, there's a water fountain over there, I think, is where whatever that thing is. I don't know, they put us wherever. But we are joined here with uh, Captain Seth Sport Fishing, Jeff, Jess, um, I'm a fucking mess. It's uh, <laughs> it's Jess and Seth. You That's can call us Sethica. Sethica? Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Whoa. That's a nice combination. All right. You didn't just create that. That's, that's been no, a, that's, that's been a thing. Bank. For that's a long it. time. <laughs> that shows we're one unit. <laughs> we're inseparable. Did you go get a haircut today, Seth? I did. You look I had good. To look, I had to look professional. <laughs> and we got Chick-fil-A before all this kicked off? No, you did. I didn't. Oh, oh didn't that's right. That. Yeah, yeah, you didn't get there. All right, so let's let's start it off completely right. To my left is... Ghost Hunter. Okay, and next to him is... Jessica. Jessica. Are you the boss? Um, in some senses, I can be. Okay. What's your opinion on that? Uh, well, who are you first? I am Seth. Okay. I'm her husband, <laughs> and I relinquish command often. Although, it would be Captain Jessica sport fishing, and it's not, so it's he, he's the boss. I drive the boat. Let's put Ooh. it that way. Oh, okay. It's a big deal, driving the boat. That's right. huge. Right. No, because I don't know that booth looks pretty good, and it's and it definitely I would imagine it's because of Jess, not because of Seth. Oh, absolutely! It's has all the glitz and glam of ballroom dancing, but still the ruggedness of fishing. I love it. Yeah. What happened to the otter? I the, must o- ask. the otter. Well, the otter was uh, bargained for for some Valentine's Day date money. It was a hot ticket item. Somebody really, really needed the otter. We, we definitely sold our sun stuffed animal for 60 bucks. <laughs> Times are hard. I love it. But Amazon, $10, you can get another one. So it was a good deal. Capitalism good. right there at its finest. I love it. Absolutely love it. So why don't we, why don't we go into exactly what Captain Seth Sport Fishing is and what they do and where they're located? So we are located in Groton, Connecticut at Pine Island Marina. We are a six-back charter boat that take people fishing uh, for different rates. And uh, we do five- and seven-hour trips. And uh, we like to go out and catch striped bass and porgies, fluke, sea bass, sometimes a shark or two. 
and uh, we just like to have a good time. We've also done trips where people don't want to fish and they just want to go out and drink drinks. So we'll take people out for that too if that's what they want. Yeah, Yeah, we have done that before. So nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. And you and you had a really successful season this year. Yeah, yeah. You guys got a lot of big bass. A lot of big bass. It was um, we had two. No, almost three weeks straight where the biggest fish on board were over 40 pounds every trip. Multiple trips we let go fish over 45 pounds. Uh, the biggest fish was 51 pounds, one ounce. So, yeah, we had a really good year. A lot of big fish. It was uh, We exceeded my expectations for the year. What do you feel about that, honey? No, I think you're right. I think that I was just thinking about the days that you came home depressed because you only caught one of those huge fish instead of multiples. <laughs> I'm like, I still don't understand. It's a great day. Yeah. Yeah. You also got into some special fish also. You got into some bones. Yeah. It was a really, really excellent year for Bonita. So we would go get a limit of bass for, for our group and then, you know, say, hey, you want to go catch some Bonita? And they'd be like, what the heck's a Bonita? Like, well, they fight good and they are really good tasting. Like, yeah, let's go try it. And they had a blast. And the, they're part of the tuna family. They are. So Excellent delicious. sashimi. Yeah. Delicious, yeah. For I sure. Just, I would see I would see the post and there would be like just limits of bonita <clears throat> and stripers and blue. F- I mean, it was just jam-packed with, with everything. Yeah, we had a lot of mixed bag trips. And this was this was your first season with the boat? First season, yeah. We purchased it uh, last November and uh, got it up and running this spring and... Yeah. Were you a little nervous, the big shoes to fill that came along with it? Some really, really big shoes. The previous owner, Captain Bruce, is 25 years of experience, and he was the big bass guy. And he was known for it. Oh, yeah. Like, if if you said the otter, people are like, oh, Bruce, that guy catches, you know, 50, 60 pounders quite often. And so. And I guess, like, how many people would come down to the boat and be like, I'm waiting for these big bass or you would be on the water and like they, that's what they wanted because that's what they were used to. to oh yeah. To all, see. all of his regular customers. It was, you know, before the trip even got underway was show me pictures of the oh, yeah. they, 40, they, 50 pounds. They weren't that, shy about it. Yeah. <laughs> look, look at what I caught with Bruce. This is my biggest striper. I caught with Bruce. It was way to start the trip. Huh? Yeah. Way to set the bar, put the pressure up. Just be like, yeah, we got a 52 pounder last year. So yep. just showing you, just letting you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it got you kind of nervous. I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, but, uh, <laughs> he was but, shaking for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but but you lived up to it. You did it? I I did. Yeah, I think I had a little bit of help from God, but uh, we had a really good season, and you know I have an excellent crew and an excellent support for my wife, so that helped a lot. I can imagine. Yeah, you guys are doing something special here at the show this this weekend. I I, I kind of dig it. You want to go into <laughs> that and explain it a little bit? I think I should let my wife explain that one. So we may be the only smaller charter boat that is offering $500 worth of dance lessons that you can enter to win. So he gets to fish, she gets to dance. It's kind of a win-win. And uh, next weekend we're back here for the bridal show. Uh, Arthur Murray is um, our other business. And we're giving away a bachelor party on the boat. Wow, I like that. So, so what? Is, so, can you go into what actually Arthur Maria is? Uh, Arthur Murray Dance Center is a franchise dance studio. Uh, it's been around for a hundred and six years now. Um, 
ours obviously has not. <laughs> I haven't found the fountain of youth. So uh, we've been around on Main Street for over 30 years, and we're actually expanding this year. Right now, we're busting down walls next door to get the dance floor really huge, and uh, we're right down downtown Niantic. That's awesome. Yeah. So you, it's full. It's full circle here this weekend. Oh, it's more like a win-win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could actually twist the uh, the leverage a little bit on booking these trips and actually win something kind of cool. I like that. It's, that was a thought behind it. You right. know, the guys who drag some of the ladies, they're in there for fishing too. But some of them, they're just being dragged in there, right? So right. you get her some dance lessons and you get your your trip booked. Yeah, let me just tell you, it's Valentine's Day and I'm here and she's not. So let's just say <laughs> I'm paying right now. It's it's, it's, it's happening. Yeah, maybe for some of those guys who forgot a valentine's day present they could get lucky and get her some dance lessons yeah and great quality from what i hear and i'm in the food industry and i can compare it to the most high strong adrenaline driven women in the world and you seem very calm right now (laughs) but well well when i met her um she was working six days a week um six days a week 80 hours, yeah. At least she'd be up at 10 in the morning in the studio. Well, up earlier, but in the studio at 10 a.m., didn't leave till 1, 2 in the morning. I would actually get off the boat, go home, eat dinner, fall asleep, set my alarm clock to wake up to go see her after work. So she was very dedicated, still is dedicated, but... That's how you got where you are, right? That's right. Now you own studios, you're on boats, you're doing your thing. You got to make that push. You got to really... Do that drive. We're doing what we love. We are doing what we love. And your schedules, too. I mean, you're both very busy. So being independent, busy couples, that kind of frees up the being on the water a lot and being invested in your business. It's right. You get to appreciate it. Not one person's just sitting at home mm-hmm. waiting. And when, when the hell are you getting off the water or when you're going to leave the studio? It's kind of nice that uh, you find that balance. You make it work. Yeah, and it's, it's good that, like, I have time in the winter. Because that gives her time to pour into her business and vice versa. Yeah, we take turns. Yeah. Yeah. But what happens in the winter? <laughs> what happens in the winter? <laughs> Hunting happens in the winter. happens <laughs> in the winter? Yeah, that's fall. <laughs> early winter. There's still a couple months between turkey season and uh, deer season where she gets to gets all the time she needs you know i'm I'm not even mad i so benefit from hunting and fishing right like the freezer is always full we're always eating really good food and i actually don't mind hunting for you know game birds but i just don't think i could bring myself to offing a buck or what? Why a not? Doe. i don't know they just have such pretty eyes mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I told her that if she saw a horny buck chasing a doe she might be able to help a girl out but yeah i know deer are kind of cute <laughs> turkeys are kind of ugly but they taste delicious so i can i could kill them really quick you're cool with it. there's a lot of them <laughs> yeah. and they're, they're 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 fine and you've done that though you've taken turkeys yeah was it this year that you took your first turkey? oh no i think it was like three years ago now isn't it three years ago yeah seth thought it was this year no. was owen born our son owen yeah i don't even remember yeah. So what happened? Years, yeah. Let's go. Let's go through it. I want to hear it. <laughs> Who should tell it, me or you? You, you can, you can tell it. I'll just, you know, I'll add in if you forget anything. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I. Well, she had shot a pheasant. That was the first game animal that she shot, and I was super proud. But we decided her her family has a little bit of land and um, good amount of turkeys come through the area. So I said, hey, let's go to your parents house and they have like 13 acres and 
let's go try and shoot a bird. So it was the best choice of a location considering the first time he brought me turkey hunting, it was freezing and it was really early and I had to sit against a tree for hours and hours. And I was like, this is not really my thing. I don't, I, I'm, I like being busy. I don't sit still. So then when he said, oh, we could do it at your mom's and it's like right up the hill, you could just like walk out when you need to. It's not <laughs> hours of waiting. I was like, okay, I can get down with that. Yeah. So, you know, it's, if she needed to get bored and go eat breakfast, she could do that. So anyway, so we go to her parents' house and, you know, get there the night before and I go up, go up the hill and see if I can roost anything. I don't hear anything. I'm like, oh, that's not good. But, uh, we get up in the morning. She wasn't feeling the greatest, but she still got up because she's a trooper. And when she commits to something, she does it. So we get out there and get up on the hill and right away hear a bird hammering about a hundred yards behind us. So I'm like, I'm pumped. I'm really excited. And, um, you know how we get when oh, we hear yeah. a bird hammering. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. and then I hear, you know, hear farther down the hill, farther down the ridge, another bird. I'm like, well, that's good. Maybe we can get one of them to come in. And the one behind us is going nuts and we're kind of on a pipeline. So there's a little bit of opening. I got a couple of decoys out there and, um, I hear the bird land, so I give a couple clucks and just totally, just clucks and shut up. And he starts going nuts, nuts and nuts. And then he goes totally dead silent. And I was like, I leaned over. I said, he's coming in. He was coming in behind us. I said, mm-hmm. he's he's going to come in. I said, just get ready. Sure enough, he like walks like 10 feet right past our shoulders. Gets out in front of the decoys and I'm going, shoot him. And she's not shooting him. And I'm like, shoot him <laughs> she's still not shooting i'm like shoot him he's gonna run finally boom she drops him and i jump up and i'm screaming and i'm dancing <laughs> around and i am so i'm more excited than anything i've ever shot and and she's excited but she's not like super excited as i was and i'm like what is going on <laughs> she's like i think i got some pellets in the breast i'm like are you kidding me <laughs> The, the per- perfectionist in her came out. She was very concerned about that delicious turkey breast. But, <laughs> yeah, she put that bird down, and uh, I, w- I couldn't have been more proud. That's awesome. Well, and you checked it, and I didn't get any in the breast. That's so right. She, then I was she, happy. <laughs> but it, what was better is I go back down, and I go back to bed, and he texts me. And it's probably within, like, five minutes. And he's like, there's another one coming in. Do you want to shoot it? So I just walk right up the hill. <laughs> and within probably, I think it was, like, another five minutes. Yeah. So so I'm like, you can go back to the house. I'll take care of the decoys, get the bird down and all that. So she goes down. And while I'm getting the the decoys, you know, packed up and the bird dragged down the hill and all that, I hear another bird hammering. And He's coming, but he was across the road. So I'm like, oh, he's probably not going to come in. So I div- just do a couple calls at him, and he goes nuts. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. There's another one coming. So her stepdad was helping me. He's like, does she want to shoot another one? I was like, I doubt it, but I'll text her and ask. And I text her, and she said, yeah, I'll come out. I was like, okay. So I set the decoys back up, and I sit down, and her stepdad had the wherewithal to bring out the video camera. So he's on the porch of the house. And I'm, I'm him and I, her and I are sitting there and he gets the bird coming across the road, up the hill, into the spread of the decoys, knocking the Tom decoy over and kicking it. And then, and then she shoots it and she waited. The thing gave her plenty of opportunity to shoot it. And she waits till it comes and beats up the decoy for a good 30 seconds before she 
She took him out. You wanted the show. Yeah, it's one of the full show. Full yeah. show. I don't yeah. blame her. Yeah, it's <laughs> the full dance. Yeah, you gotta let that let that ride out. But I was definitely not feeling it that day. I was so sick, so I just grabbed them both by the legs and dragged them down the hill. And I was like, "All right, I'm going to bed." <laughs> yeah, yeah. But turkey it, hunting is the best. I'd yeah, have to say, fun. definitely. Yeah, you my know, favorite. You don't have to worry about smell, and you usually are running and gunning a lot, and yeah. you don't usually have to sit still that often. Right, but. You know, especially with those close shots, your pattern doesn't get big enough to hit a lot of that breast meat, which is nice with closer shots. But Mm -hmm. if you're off, you're off. You're off. Oh, (laughs) yeah. And and that's when they're running. Yeah, that's for sure. And that second bird she got was a really, really mature Tom, like three and a half year old. I mean, it was big. It was like 23 pounds, big that's a nice bird. Big, fat, wow. ten and so a half inch beard. He can talk this speech all day long, and that's what he cares about. And I'm like, general sow's turkey. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what she's thinking about. <laughs> Which turkey is Turkey parm. Like, <laughs> that's what I see. Turkey tacos. That's the best. I mean, that's what your reward is. is you is. know, after it's all done and over with, and you have a freezer full of game. And yeah. you nowadays, people are getting really creative with it. And that's the fun part. It's right. not just... Oh, it's, the meat is just beautiful and, and treated well. It's better than store-bought stuff and way healthier. I mean, you cannot beat it. So, and, you know, from from beginning to end, you're in the process, you know? Oh, yeah. You're, Seth's like, all, like the jack of all trades when it comes to cooking. He's always cooking up something. I think before deer season, we went over and you made General Sal's uh, pheasant or something. Yep. That was, yeah, dude, the craziness. He's always sending Snapchats and making all kinds <laughs> of crazy things. I'm like, I love oh, it. I can get down with that. Yep. But you guys are like a full outdoor family. It's, I mean, the boys must love it. You have boy you, and a girl. Yeah, boy yeah. and a girl. That's what I mean. But the girl, like, just from her personality, she's going to be in the woods and really, she's going to love it. I guarantee it. She'll be running around in her ballet slippers that's in the, right. in the woods. Yeah, <laughs> she's. Jess not. is kind of giving you a look. <laughs> well, I was just thinking because I think our our son, he's all about fishing, and I think he'll be a dancer though. Like I think yeah, he'll he's do got both. the personality. Fish and dance. Really. He might run the studio one day. <laughs> yeah, and then Aubrey's just crazy. She's gonna be like doing kickboxing and like just killing it, and killing stripers. things all day, driving the boat, <laughs> driving the boat. Oh yeah, she's nonstop. But it's cool having the whole you know having an outdoor family like that and they say that like 87 percent of all families that the when the mother or the woman hunts in the in the family that it gets 87 percent more likely that the kids will hunt also and follow in that lifestyle mm-hmm. that's awesome so, so it's definitely like a really cool thing i did tell i probably just made that up but 87 percent is pretty I awesome i could roll number. with it though like, that was pretty <laughs> specific I'm, i think i'm almost 100 percent positive that that's what it is but i'm not also really another sure fake statistic yeah. 100 yeah, sounded, sounded good we're, we're, everyone's gonna believe me though yeah but we're still in a room with no cameras at the casino that's what i'm worried about all right so you could actually say whatever the fuck you want and no but, one knows but no like having having the mother of the house um, being outdoors, being an outdoors woman and being into hunting and fishing, then the kids normally follow then because it's, I, I don't know, just seems more likely. It's a way of life in, in the household, right? right. Yeah. Well, I did tell Jess that she would be, we would be turkey hunting again this year because we haven't done it together in like two years, maybe three since we had kids, but yeah, um, they're old enough that they can be handled by other people and we can sneak out. Plus her parents' property got a couple toms that need to die so mm-hmm. that's a win-win drop them off with the parents and go shoot shoot a couple birds yeah, and yeah, then leave yeah. that's that's beautiful right there yeah i got i got four or five of them that are that are 
targeted right now. So <laughs> they're weighed, yeah, targeted, <laughs> yeah. measured. <laughs> she, she's got a bead on their head. That's it. That's yeah. definitely awesome. Yeah, I mean, we we love getting the kids out. Um, like she said, my son loves the fishing, and I mean, I took him out in the woods, just kind of scouting, shed hunting the other day, and he was leading the way, going through the prickers. Didn't want me to help him. He. We're, I was really proud we're of him. Pretty bummed that there was not enough ice this winter, though, because he loves ice fishing. Yeah, he really does. I think everyone him. in the state is crushed, <laughs> yeah. like that's devastated true. right it's now. It's a huge thing that's definitely a problem here in Connecticut. <laughs> I mean, even the bait shop—not to get off course, but like the bait shops and all these people that are depending on this. Yeah. I mean, and just for good fun and just—it sucks for the state. Yeah, to not have well, anything. we just moved to Lake Oxabaxo, so we're right there, and we could just walk out our back door and mm-hmm. be on the lake and. Uh, we were hoping for ice because of the convenience of it, and we every morning set tip ups and watch them from, from the house. Room. Yeah, like sit in front of the fire with hot cocoa yeah. and watch your tip ups. Every morning we'd look out the window and be like, ah, no ice. <laughs> yeah, so, but I think you know, I think it's it's. I actually read an article the other day about like kids are getting super depressed because they're always on their devices, and like we don't want that for mm-hmm. our children. We want them to be out there and you know experiencing nature and, and have not- that. It, I didn't mean to cut you off, sorry, but it was on the news yesterday. I'm watching it, how social media and being on your phone causes depression for kids from ages 5 to 10. Yeah. Yep. And they don't know how to handle or deal with anything else, so they stick their head in the phone, and their parents are thinking that it's okay yeah. because they're being quiet. Right. Right, right. Just because your kid's quiet doesn't mean things are okay. Yeah, that's true. That's bad. Right. Yeah. But I respect that a lot. It's yeah, what what was the Snapchat you had the other day that the little man was trying to go outside because it was raining? Didn't he tell you he wasn't going to melt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's so awesome. Like, you don't see that. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cold and rainy and raw, and he wanted to go out. And I'm like, you know, it's cold out there. And he's like, I'm not going to melt. The three-year-old. And it's like, okay. <laughs> Whatever you say. Yeah. Send him out there. He had fun. They're never cold. They could be blue and shivering <laughs> and just shaking. And you're like, you cold? No, no, no. no. Oh, yeah. We're good. We're going to stay. We're going to find bone. We're going to shed hunt. And... Right. No, that's cool. Yeah, so that's going back to Seth Sport Fishing, like what are your future goals for the season? What do you what do you foresee? What do you, what do you want to get out of the season? Well, uh, hopefully one day we'd like to build a little bit of a fleet, you know? branch out a little bit and maybe have a couple boats yeah i would like to be able to take people out further maybe for some shark fishing tuna that type of thing you know a little offshore but that wouldn't be this necessarily wouldn't be this season this season i think our goal is to just have a season like last season because you know buying a new business you end up taking on a lot of debt right and so I think it's pretty amazing considering that we're going to be in season two and everything will be paid off. You know what I mean? And that's, that says a lot. That's a bonus. That's a a, win. It's a huge win. Huge win. Huge relief. You know, because you're not worrying about three, four years down the road getting paid off. You're getting Mm -hmm. it done quick. And, you know, obviously for me personally, the the fishing aspect, like what's this season going to bring? I know we have all these new regulations, Yeah, but, uh, I yeah, think, how I, is that going to affect you? Because now they're 28 to 36 inches, one fish. So there is no more big fish. Right. right. And, and that's what the business was thriving on was, was big, big fish. fish. Yeah. So, yeah. But you can't kill big fish, but you can still catch and you release. Can catch big. And release yeah. Right. So, so do you feel that that's going to kind of break down on the business a little bit as far I, I don't, as the season I don't, comes? I don't think so at all, actually. I think people still come fishing. I mean, it might scare a few people, mm-hmm. but I highly doubt it. I mean, a lot of people don't even know the regs when they come on the boat. They just want to go fishing. Right. Most people just want to come, 
catch catch some fish and you know i think people will feel good about the fact that you know they they're gonna let go a big fish that's gonna help save the stocks you know because that's what these big fish are gonna do so yeah they'll still get fish to take home because we still catch plenty of 28 to 35 inch bass i mean like you know that's the typical cookie cutter size that you catch and then they'll catch a few big fish and let them go and you know we can adjust our tactics so that you don't target those big fish you know because a lot of those schools of fish are you know 30 to 50 inch fish in that one big school it's like if you you know downsize on your lure troll a little faster and you'll get those smaller fish so people still have something to take home but those big breeders get get to be you know saved so you're saying that the the smaller fish are higher in the water column. So if you're fishing a little bit faster, you're going to stay away from the bigger fish. Yeah, yeah. Typically, I mean the the schools are 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 pretty well mixed because we still catch. You know, you'll be you'll catch a fifteen pound fish right next to a fifty pounder. So you know, there's a, there's a wide variety there. So I was just trying to get a tip in there. That's all. <laughs> Make it sound like we know what we're talking about. Well, I know I know Trev likes those nice, tasty little. Well, that, that's the thing. Those cookie cutter fish, that slot fish is the best eating fish. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've eaten 40, 50 pound bass, and I'd rather watch them swim away than eat them. Yeah, me it's too. It's not yeah. terrible, but sometimes it takes 20 years for these fish to get this big. That's right. Mm. And just to fill like when it was two fish per boat and there people were going to block you know four guys eight fish over 40 50 pounds it's like our fishery is going to be gone in no time what what do you do with all the fish i mean we we eat a lot of fish and and one 30 inch bass lasts a long time Mm -hmm. so because you're using a small six inch steak out of the thing right to feed the whole family right 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 right. so you're really not i mean it was greed and i think just look at me Look at I, what I got. A lot of it has to do with just taking that, that picture with that giant bass. Yeah. You know, and it's got to be like, oh, I caught a 50-pounder. Yeah, big deal. You know well, what I'm saying? Well, I, I also feel like people – it's not that they – well, I guess it's like they don't know what to do. It's like, well, I'm allowed to keep it, so I'm just going to keep it. Yeah. Like they don't – you know, it's not um, ingrained in people's heads to like, okay, you have to be the conservationist and let it go. Right. It's like, well, this is the limit, and – I'm going to keep my limit. Right. And that's what people usually follow. That's why it's important for the lawmakers to set the limits to preserve the species. Because people, for the most part, are going to follow the limit no matter what it is. Um, so it's their job to set the limit, and then it's you know our job to, to follow I'm it. also wondering how many people catch their one fish and it's still just one fish, even though it weighs a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So like I remember Seth telling me stories that some guys, they'll catch their fish, and they're in with five other guys who caught nothing. And he's thinking that they're going to share the giant bass that they got. And the guy, like, keeps it to himself. And mm-hmm. you're like, that's so much fish. Like, <laughs> just spread it around. Yeah. And they won't do it. It's, it's a greed thing. It is yeah. a greed thing a lot of the times, yeah. Or they're probably looking at it that it's $600 or more right. for a charter. And they, they spent their half, so they're getting their amount of meat. Who cares about their buddies? Right. You know? So, I mean, it's, it's definitely one of those things. And you see it a lot. Like, we – a lot on the big party boats. And you probably oh, – you, yeah. you, I mean, that's another one of your jacket trades is that, you know, he runs a, a charter boat, a party charter boat, also captain of that. So I see that a lot there. These guys just – they get in the motion of killing, and they just kill. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they kill everything. I mean, it's, they still just human kill nature. buckets. And they're just like – at the end of the day, they're then they're trying to give them away. They're giving away porgies because they don't want to pay to have them all clean, but they want – it looked good in the picture that they had four buckets full of porgies but they didn't what are they going to do with it all and how much of it actually goes to a waste 
Right. You know, that's that's one of my things. I mean, why do you have a regulation of 50 porgies? What are you going to do with 50 porgies? There's very few people that, I mean, like. It doesn't we, freeze well. No, and I kept probably 50 porgies throughout the entire season for just for the summer. I mean, for the winter food. And I'm, I still have a ton in the freezer. And these mm. guys, I know that would come out weekly and right. fill up on that. You yeah, know, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like, I don't know. It's a greed thing. It, it is really a greed is. thing. And I think it's like, it's human nature. I don't know. It's kind of like, uh, you know, when a, what is it? A, a fox gets in the hen house and kills all the hens. It's not going to eat them all. It's just like a, they're there and it's the instinct, you know? And so it's like people's instincts. It's like, well, I'm allowed to keep 50 and I'm going to catch 50. So I'm going to keep 50. Right. You know, but if the lawmakers made it 25 fish or whatever the right. regulation is, they lowered it. People might complain, but they're going to keep 25 fish instead of 50. You know what I'm saying? So, mm. You know, for, as far as for our business, um, I I think we'll be just fine. Yeah. You know, it was definitely a concern of mine when I had saw that the new regulations came out and they were only allowed to keep one bass, 28 to 36 or whatever it is. And I was nervous for the bass fishermen because, I mean, people start seeing it. I know when they went from two bass to one bass, the bass fishermen kind of kind of started to back off as far as charter was. But. Who knows what it will bring for the season. But guys still want to go out fishing. So right. That's right. right. Most of them well, are... And I think you have to find the value in the trip itself, right? Because a lot of people who are correlating how much fish they're getting to what they're investing in a trip like that, of course they're going to be disappointed because they're like, okay, well, I didn't really pay for – the fish that I'm bringing home isn't paying for the trip. But the experience itself, going out with five, for five hours with your friends, with your family, being able to bring a cooler of food and spend that time and be able to actually have the experience of – deep sea fishing is is way better than right you don't get that on the supermarket no right yeah, i mean you know we we it's it's about like including tip like around 125 to 130 dollars per guy if you'd get six to come out of the boat yeah um if you went and spent that 130 dollars at the supermarket yeah you're gonna get a lot of fish but you don't get any experience you don't get any right. enjoyment and it's there's not, so many people that drop that much money on a friday night you know, yeah. the dinner and drinks. How many, how many drinks is that? <laughs> yeah. I don't know anyone that ever went to the Stop and Shop and said, I had the best memory at Stop and Shop today <laughs> buying this fish. Yeah. It's like, fuck you. And, and fish is expensive <laughs> yeah. at the store. I'm Very. like, like striped bass. I mean, you know, it's $20 a pound. $20 a pound. $22 a pound, I think, right now on market. Yeah. That's, when I was buying it at my restaurant, it was twelve ninety nine. I mean, that's a lot. That's what you're buying that's it for. That's what I'm buying right, it right, for. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's wholesale price. <laughs> yeah. So retail price is probably double that. Mm. So then if they do come on our boat and catch a 20-pound striper, they are getting a good deal on they really striper bass. <laughs> they really are. And it's super fresh. But in that, and not only, I mean, you get like the guys that come out and they're normal working construction guys or working class guys that bring their kids and they're, they're spreading that tradition. Because yep. I remember like growing up that I would go out on a party boat like like yours and with my dad and like that's what started in, in and instilled the tradition in me you know what i'm saying so i mean and obviously you've been down that road and yep. a lot of people we we love we love that we love groups of guys and women people that uh you know have that tradition where they're like you know we go out once or twice every year with the family and and we go out we have a good time and we catch some fish and then we have good good memories and good food afterwards and you got to keep that going kids love that stuff i mean how many people do you hear that say like, oh, my grandfather used to take me fishing when I was a kid, you know? And it's like, that's their fondest memory is going, you know, blue fishing on the My Joy with their grandpa in like 1983, you know? Absolutely. And it's, and it's like, you know, 
kids love that stuff and those are memories they can cherish for their whole life and we hope that that they carry that forth you know to the future generations to their grandkids and stuff like that so and it's a dying breed it is a dying because breed. like i mean as we <clears throat> see it on the party boats i mean how many when you started how many working class people would come on a friday saturday oh yeah you don't get that i mean they're like literally it's like pulling teeth to get people to come down to the boat and go fishing i it mean is. you have to pretty much give away a trip to get these working class normal people to come down to the boat and bring their 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 uh their grandchildren their nieces nephews whatever to get the younger generation into it it's almost impossible it's 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 just a dying breed yeah. you know like as you know with the party boats anyways is that like I, I when I when I'm on it, I think of it as like the greatest soap opera in the world because so it, it is. It, because all these people are normally there every single day or once a week or whatever, and those groups are just dying out and they're not going down to the boats no more. That you is, know? and it's, yeah. it's sad to see. But I don't I mean, think it's something that's secluded just to the fishing industry, right. right? It's something that everyone's really comfortable in their homes, like sitting on the couch watching Netflix, binging, and nobody's getting out in general because when it comes to fishing when it comes to taking dance lessons any new experience they have to go and you have to give it away so they could try it and then once they try it they realize how much they love it but it takes like that first step through the door you know so so you're saying the older generations were more adventurous than the ones are now yeah i mean they didn't they didn't have netflix right i think people fear the fail and being judged excuse me it's cold season right (laughs) yeah sorry no, I just feel that people don't take well to not knowing something or, yeah, or failing. They're terrified and, and, too. And it's like you need to fail to succeed in certain things. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't all just grow up and just put fifty pound fish in the boat when we went out the first time. Like that takes Speak for yourself, bro. Well, <laughs> well I uh, well, I've never caught a fifty pounder myself. Really? You well know, you I, put fifty pounders on the boat this I'm year. Putting fifty pounders on the boat, but I've never caught one myself. I've been fishing since I was five years old, so they're over 30 years now. Never really? put my own 50-pounder in the boat. Yeah, but you put a lot of people on big fish, so that's, that's right. It's the same. It's like Which is fine. It's like, like I don't thing. need to catch a 50-pounder. I think it's better that way, to be honest with you. Right. Yep. We, I, the, biggest, the biggest one that we put on our boat was 63 pounds. That was on my personal boat, um, same place you're fishing. Um, but I've never I've, – I've broken 50 twice but not six, 60 is my my go to right now. But That's a big fish. We didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. 50, <laughs> 50 well, I don't even remember what the fuck I was saying. You've caught matter. 50s? Just once. Just yeah, well, two we, seasons ago. Remember we did Block Island? Yeah. And Ryan got two back to back. Right. That was fucking crazy. That was a crazy day. On and Block then my Island. hook fucking broke on the next fish that we had, <laughs> and I was just, I was done. And then we got boarded by the fucking Coast Guard, <laughs> and we got. Giant fish all over the deck of the boat, and not when it was the first season we were supposed to cut, cut the, the right fins. peck fin, and we had fish everywhere, and we weren't cutting fins. And, and we were we were in a Massachusetts commercial commercial boat, <laughs> registered <laughs> Massachusetts. So we looked like convicts, just like total just, criminals. Well, you guys do look like me. convicts, but <laughs> it was bad. Watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. You know, it's funny. Uh, we were talking about people like having the experience. I've never had somebody come on the boat. Reel in a big striped bass and then go. That was the worst experience of my life. I never want to do that again. Right. For for all the huffing and puffing and crying as they're reeling it in, when they're done, they are so happy and so proud. And they're like, that's the greatest thing ever. And anybody who tells you they, they hate fishing probably didn't catch any fish. Right. Or they went out and got seasick or something. Mm-hmm. But like as far as like going out and catching a bunch of fish, people love that. I mean, what 
what isn't there to love about it? You know, it's it's amazing thing. Yeah, being on the water, sun shining. Great. Drag screaming, fish going. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, come on, sunrises, birds. I mean, it's it's fucking as real as it gets out there, and mm. you never know what you're gonna roll into. You never know what kind of pot of fish you're gonna roll up on. Right. I mean, I've been. I, my parents have a place in uh, Westerly, and I was bluefin tuna fishing off block for twelve hours. Came back into my inlet and my breachway and saw a fifty-inch bluefin beached in the flats in our in our salt pond. And people actually went up. I have videos of this and went up to it and, and they netted a fucking 50 inch bluefin after I just spent 12 hours and $500 in fuel. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, do you know about our bluefin tuna story, right? Oh, yeah. Go so, ahead. You can share. Okay. So uh, this is probably about four or five years ago. We're, we're, uh, no, it wasn't because remember you'd played it for Owen right after it happened and it. Your friends were dropping the f bomb left and right, oh, and I yes. was like, "If our sons' first words." That's true. <laughs> so, so it was, it was less than it was three years ago or something. Yeah. But anyway, we're we were. I wouldn't say I was young, but I was with some young guys, so I felt young. We thought it would be a smart idea to take a twenty-three footer out shark fishing off Montauk. So we're on our way out, but we weren't getting very far. Um, we we're just north of the race, and it was kind of rough. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm driving the boat, so I'm thinking like we're probably gonna have to turn around. And uh, I see a tree floating, like a legit tree. And uh, there's something swimming next to it. And I was like, oh, hey, guys, there's a seal or a dolphin over there. And so everybody's looking. And they're like, where? I'm like, right by that dead, that floating tree. And my buddy's like, that ain't no seal. That's a bluefin tuna. I'm like, come on. And I look over and I see this thing porpoise. And, uh, yeah, it was a 73-inch bluefin tuna that we happened to wrangle into the boat with a couple gaffs. No dart, just fucking no free dart, gaff. just free gaff. Free gaff, gaff the fucking seventy three inch. Yeah, I I said grab the gaffs. I said I'm gonna run up on it, and when we get over top of it, I'm gonna cut the engine and we'll coast, basically coast, coast into, into it, it, not to spook it. And luckily, the kid in the bow stuck the gaff right under its chin, lifted its head up so it couldn't like freak out and dive. And another kid stuck it right <laughs> in the heart, and we dragged it to the back of the boat, put a tail rope on it, and drug it in the boat, and got beat up doing it, but. I remember that day very, very well because uh, Fetus called me and he's like, bro, you're never going to believe it. They freak <laughs> out the 73-incher north of the race. And I'm like, there's no no way. How is that even possible? And literally, dude, no – I mean probably 15 minutes later, I get a pictures of it, of the head, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. They literally freak after it. That's some gnarly shit. That is the gnarliest That's, thing ever. I mean, and, I've and, seen anything from. I mean, I've heard of you know threshers being everywhere at the race, and you're going past that, but not a not a seventy three inch giant just freaking. I've not, I, you know, I've been around this area feeding for a long off time. a fucking log. Like, <laughs> yeah, we don't know what what was wrong with it, but uh, just got lost. Yeah, just got lost, and we got lucky. And I heard sometimes, and I researched when mine beached, and I was curious of what happened. And I heard that sometimes they can hit extreme water temperatures at drastic levels, and it will make their brain go completely just stunned. And then they get lethargic, and then they just kind of ride with the current. Um, and that was from going from like a 68-degree temp to like 48 degrees. I mean, 74 degrees, it can really fuck with some fish so if you're coming in close and they hit that huge water break in that temperature and it's late in the season i mean that temperature is drastic difference oh yeah, oh, yeah. You, you see it right it's literally like a wall 
You know, you get yeah. off Montauk and it's brown water to blue water and it's a wall. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And the temperature changes 10 degrees. Yeah, at least, sometimes more than that. Yeah. And that's know? very well what could happen because I, I was stunned. I mean, you don't see a live bluefin flapping in the in the salt marsh and in your pond, like no. when you're docking your boat. Like it was uh, – I've, I've heard of uh, – well, there was a, a yellowfin tuna at – at a ocean beach, I guess in like the eighties that basically swam up into the surf and somebody off dragged, the dock, right. Or off the surf. Yeah. Off the surf at ocean beach and somebody dragged it in. And then, uh, I know there was one in Lord's Cove, you know, in the nineties or something swam into the cove. And I think that might've been a bluefin. So yeah, I mean that weird stuff happens. Mm-hmm. They just get messed up and get yeah. a little lost. It's a cool story though. I mean, absolutely. I could tell my grandkids. I so. totally agree with you. So let's tell everybody where they can find you and where they can book a trip. Okay. So our website is captainsethsportfishing.com, and uh, you can check us out there. It has all our rates, has all the information, contact. You can book a trip there. You can go right online and book it. Super simple. Um, and then we're also on Instagram, same thing, Captain Seth Sport Fishing, and we're on Facebook. And uh, so look us up. You can friend request us, uh, follow us on Instagram. And uh, hopefully we'll see you on the boat this season. All right, guys. Well, thanks for taking the outdoor drive with us. And uh, we'll be checking back in with you guys soon. Thanks Thanks for having us. Absolutely.